You're listening to The Staff Room Podcast with Che and Pav. We talk casually yet poignantly about the most relevant topics in teaching today. So come on and chat with us because we love to engage in great conversation. for joining us for episode 69 of the Staff Room Podcast. Today, our episode is called Screens On or Screens Off. And we are looking forward to having this conversation as it is so relevant to so many of us right now. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Before we do, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Pav Wander. And I make up half of the hosting team of the Staff Room Podcast. My co-host is sitting right next to me, and he usually introduces himself. Let's get it on with Staff Room Podcast. Wax on, wax off. Oh. That's two, because as you were doing the intro, and must I say, you do the intro uh, better and better each week. Oh, thank you. I think that was performative, so scratch that. It continues to be amazing, and yet ascends to even further greatness. <laughs> oh, I think that goodness. is still performative, but just a little <laughs> bit more bigger words. I, you know, who can tell when Che Cheney is being performative? Because you're always so complimentary of everything that everyone does. That's only when we're online or recording. <laughs> when we are not recording, I am a... You don't have to give away those secrets. I'll never tell. We've had this conversation when our careers are over mm-hmm. and we have just one more episode in us. It's the airing of the grievances. Mm-hmm. It's a festivus. And uh, Jim Guy will unload. Yes. Well, that but, will definitely put the nail in your coffin in terms of career. But, <laughs> but I'm hoping that uh, I'll still have the ability to continue forward. <laughs> You've been able to move forward without me for quite some time, and I thank you greatly for letting me hold hold on to just a few more episodes. And yes, I'm Che, Jim Guy, Hurricane, one quarter of the Staff Room Podcast, and we are... Ex- don't forget, don't forget Coattail Grabber. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. I'm the joking. only reason I have a career is because of Pav. No, that's On all fronts, true. on all fronts. Like, oh, Google, Google, in favorite lesson, search... Mm-hmm. Boom. That, that's my morning planned. And then text you, Pav, send me something good for the afternoon, eh? That's not true. I know, but it makes for a much better story. I guess. Because why, why ruin great fiction with facts? <laughs> Just oh, please stop. But if, if people could get to know you the way that I know you, it would be, uh, it would be a better world for all of us. No, they won't. <laughs> no, even, they won't. Even at Teach Better 2021 Live, while you are hugging, I will not be there. <laughs> You'll be at the I'll bar. be there. I'll be there. I yeah. just won't be a part of the hug. No. But um, we're excited. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. We are really excited about this topic because it's sort of an extension from the last one. And I think we still have a little bit of adrenaline rush 
to going back to remote learning because we certainly know some of our peers and some of our friends it's draining and we feel that drain but sometimes you can sort of mask that drain because you're still doing new things we're definitely trying new things Mm -hmm. every day every day there's something different that we try with our students just to i don't know amp it up but also to learn ourselves and to reinforce some of the things that uh, we're seeing others doing but i but you have a clever oh anecdote i see and if you don't think it's clever, just leave it in the ratings and review. Um, <laughs> no, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Pav is exceptionally clever. I don't know what this guy that's on the side claiming to be clever. It's like a nickname. Don't ever tell people your nickname. Wait for someone to give you a nickname. Yeah. Um, so I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I was actually teaching remotely and I was doing this lesson. And screens, whether students should be on the camera, hasn't really, we haven't totally worked it out and I haven't really been told what to do and I'm still figuring it out for myself of, of what's the most comfortable space for me and my students to learn. Mm-hmm. And of course, in this new synchronous setting, kids are jumping back from a different Google Classroom for each class. So they v- venture off to a different Google Classroom for another class. Oh, and okay. yes, yeah, so for French, they're not with me. They go off to the French so, classroom. So they go to, oh, yes. that's different. We, we've never actually had that conversation. That doesn't happen with my class. Episode derailed starting now. No, no, no. It's not a derailment. I think that that's very interesting because my rotary teachers come to my class. Uh, they well, come to my Zoom. Okay, so we, we're going to discover some things as this episode goes, goes on. This yes. is the fun part when we don't actually cross-reference what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I also have my students go off for music and they go off for French. Okay. So they go off to those Google Classrooms and they come back to the Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. And so what I've noticed it's become is it's become a race. Ah. who's going to be the first back ah. to Mr. Cheney's room after French, after lunch? They're going to French, and it's boom, it's 2.10, and I've got it on about 2.06, and I put a little screen on that says entry music, and I play my little, you know, soothing meditation music, mm-hmm. and then we just wait. And after a couple of days, you know, you know, after the first couple of days where kids were sending messages, where am I supposed to go? I don't get this. Um, <laughs> but after a couple of days of that, and then it became, a, now that I know where to go, now I want to be the first. Yes. I got to be first, Mr. Cheney. I want you to serenade me in front of all the other students that arrive after me ah. so it's a race now to get and why is this important to our topic because to establish who the winner was because it's close mm. like 2010 to 2010 in 12 seconds four kids okay. fly into the Hang class on. what time is that that you just said to by the we have a late lunch okay. and then i have uh i have french right after lunch so i don't come after for my lunch break i don't come back on until 210 Okay. And what do you want me to say? That I get off at 9.35? No, no, no. It's okay. Alex will let us know what, what the... <laughs> My school's on a much later schedule than your school. So I have a late lunch and yeah, then I yeah. prep after lunch. So it, to, they come after, out at 2.10. So from 2.10 to 2.10 in 12 seconds, those are the first five or six. They fly in. They fly. And they want recognition for being first. And recognition for being first is being on screen first. Mm. So they cop in, come in, they come on the screen, and they want everyone to see them. They want to be serenaded. And so yes. they, they turn their screens on, and they all have a good laugh, and they've all got their fancy backgrounds on, and they all got, like, they put their headphones over their eyes that look like LeVar Burton from Star Trek, and, <laughs> and they're having a great chatter. And then we all have this great moment. It's who's first, Mr. Cheney, let us know who's first. Okay, so-and-so's first. And it's, all right, kids, time to teach. And boom, screens are gone. They, they, they just... turn their screens off instantaneously. So they're into the classroom. Interesting. And I, so I was like, oh, Okay, I, I can fly with this. We'll, we'll roll with this. But it led ourselves to us having some conversations and some research and some dialogue on what about screens? Right. Should they be on? Do they need to be on? Are they productive to be on? 
And that's where we left off. So I had that really fun story. And that's the, the preface for episode 69. Screen on, screen off. It's very, uh, it's very interesting. Now, something that I think is worth pointing out is the, the size of your class. And I'm sure this is the case for many No, people. no, I will lose all street credibility no, no, if you no. do this. No, no, but, but it's worth pointing out, yes, right? Of because it is. this is probably something that many, many teachers are experiencing, that when you have a smaller class, perhaps, perhaps, when you have a smaller class, and yours is, what, about 13 students? 13 this year, yes. Yeah, so 13 students in your class, and that's not normal. That's about, that's less than half of what you would normally have in a in an average year and uh and you may maybe you're experiencing like a little bit more friendship among your group because they are such a small group and they're they've had those four months together to really become close to each other they've become friends like you you, they don't see very many other kids throughout the day they're with you all day long which is something different already because they've experienced rotary subjects last year and so now all of a sudden they're just with the same 13 kids every single day and with you all day long and so I think that you've possibly, and, and we can talk about this as the episode progresses, they've possibly um, developed a little bit of a different relationship with one another, a little bit more camaraderie, maybe a little bit more friendship with each other. Our breakout rooms, there's 13 in each one. Yeah, I, I guess you see that. <laughs> We're doing breakout rooms, Mr. Cheney? Yes, I can just, just scream breakout room and then we continue. Yeah. And so it's, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um <laughs> But my class is a little bit different, but I, it's, it's very interesting when you mentioned that, you know, they all come on and they're silly with their cameras on and everything. And then when the lesson begins, the cameras turn off. So that's something that I want to delve into a little bit further as well. Um, I, I have seen, so most of my class will keep their cameras off all the time. And, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating to me because, I don't know if they're actually there because sometimes there's, there's zero engagement all day long. And so, um, that, that's tough. That's uh, difficult to figure out. And we have lots of talks about it, but then there are some students that really miss seeing their classmates. They miss seeing me. And so they, and they miss having me interact with them and they know that they get more interaction from me when I can see them. And we, we've had lots of great conversations. Uh, you know, there was a student in the beginning, the first first week and a half or so was keeping his camera on and there's a fish tank in the back. And so we'd always have this conversation about, you know, how are the fish doing today? And, and there were some funny jokes being told and, and it was a really nice way to start the day. And then I've progressively seen that some of these students are starting to turn their cameras off more so. And, and that worries me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm monitoring these sorts of things happening over the course of, you know, this was supposed to be a one week thing. So I think that there were many students that were, oh, this is something cool and different. And it's kind of fun to be on camera with my friends. And now we're into the second week and now we're entering our third and fourth week after this. And knowing we're going to be another month. Right, exactly. And, uh, and so I think that students may, it's now sinking in with a lot of students that this is this is it. And it could be it till the end of the school year, because we don't really know. And if this is it, I, I don't like it. I'm not happy with it. I'm sad about it. And so I'm, I'm, we spend a lot of time, you know, talking about stuff like this and, and asking questions and seeing how we're doing and how we're feeling and doing check-ins and, you know, sometimes taking the learning way back and making sure that we're just okay. And so it worries me when students were so engaged at one point and they're 
cameras were on and they were excited and they were talking about the things that were happening in their homes. And now suddenly they're disengaged. Uh, and their cameras are suddenly off all day and I don't hear much from them. So, you know, those are the times when I start to worry a little bit and then, you know, a phone call home or, you know, just the extra, just trying to get some more conversation going with some of those students that have suddenly become quiet. Um, but definitely it's something that I think a lot about and something that I wish, I wish I could see my students because, uh, you know, as we'll talk about the, the level of engagement is definitely not the same and feeding off of the energy of the room is really hard to do when cameras are off. But, um, I've got a class of about 24 students. And, um, so it's a, it's a pretty large class and it's a grade six, seven split class. And so I've got middle school students, um, who definitely are shy, even in face-to-face learning would, would keep their, their hoodies up all the time. And then they have their mask on. And so all I can see are their eyes all day long. And, and sometimes it's hard to even know who it is, but these are students that generally don't like to be seen. And now it's, there's, there's even more of an opportunity to put a blockade up in front of them, which, uh, makes it hard for me to, to gauge what they need. I don't even know where to start. You, you, I've jotted down three different points. I kind of went all over the place. And, I know. No, but all important things. And you, you ended with that, like, it's tough for me to read what they need. And, and, and that's, that's crucial. It's, it reminded me of feedback. Feedback, like, I only know, like, I have to see how it's received to know how, much feed, mm-hmm. how my feedback is truly impacting and then seeing the immediacy of, of where my student goes with. And, and I, I sense that when you're telling that story, is that without the visual, I, I, I can't... I can't see. Teachers can see, they can feel, they can sense, which is one of those those challenges of the remote space. Teachers have that innate sense to just gauge the room. And it does become more difficult. And when you were talking that at the end, I was like, yeah. And then I was also thinking, I've got these other notes, so where do I go to next? Because I'm, I'm in agreement. In, like, I, I'm just not. It is tough to, as I'm thinking, although I only have 13, it's tough to monitor, uh, get that sense of the room. You have to be... I don't want to say more intentional, but you, you have to look for more explicit bits of evidence to suggest. So I need to go into their notebook and see how much they've written to have right. a, a suggestion of maybe they don't get it. I have to see the level of production where maybe if I, I've given, a say, a journal prompt or a writing prompt in the face-to-face, like if, 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 if students aren't feeling engaged and I can just look at the room and see no one's going to their their notebooks or no one's asking any questions, there's no lively discussion on the topic, then I instantaneously know either I haven't taught it correctly, I've got to redirect, I've got to give a different prompt, I have to have a different warm-up activity. Mm-hmm. But in the, that, that space, you don't see that. So that was a great point. And one thing I hadn't thought about was actually two things that, that I hadn't really jotted down in my notes is you talked about like the, the dynamics is teacher to student. What's the impact on the teacher? I didn't have that anywhere in my notes. Mm-hmm. Maybe in my own, you know, stoicism. I didn't even think about it. But you brought that up right away. Like, how am I feeling when I don't see those those faces? And I thought that was great. There's that teacher to student, student to teacher dynamic, which I thought was really uh, interesting to, to to touch upon. What do our students want from our teachers? in that space like do i want the teacher on um and then reverse as a teacher what do i want from my students do i want to see them can i can i find other ways to of gauging their engagement level without seeing the screen it was interesting and then i i, I see you ready i see you ready Go i got finish the, your thought i know you want to finish 
I was thinking about screens on or screens off. And you were talking about the thing that got your attention was the change in behavior. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, and in that point, screen on or screen off doesn't need to be mandated in that sense. It just needs to be, where were you day one? And how have your behaviors altered or changed into day 10? And so if it was off and it's on, there's still a change. I'd still like to know what changed to change the way you're engaging in the class. And I thought that was key is noticing the change in your students was the lead in the gateway to to looking for some deeper understanding. So when I was thinking about screens on or screened off, it becomes inconsequential. Right. When I see a change in my student's behavior, that becomes my my need, that's my look for, that's my level of engagement, that's the, the sign that I need to maybe take another step, I need to ask another question. I really liked that when you made that comment. It was It was the change in behavior that was something that really bothered you or impacted you as a teacher. I want to know why the change in behavior. Maybe your screen's been off, but, but you've been producing. Maybe mm-hmm. your screen's on and you've been producing. Right. And then ultimately, if you're producing, then I'm not worried about whether your right. screen's on or off or not, if you're producing and engaging and asking questions. But all of a sudden, if I see a change, I, I'm bothered. Yes. I'm worried. I'm concerned. Yeah. And and that's that's what it has us leaving, uh, has has us thinking as, as these days progress, you know, like, um, it worries me when, when I see things like that happening and, and, you know, just to touch on something that you had said, um, about, you know, students, students, you know, going to their notebook in the face-to-face classroom and you don't have those kinds of look for so much anymore. It's kind of led to us being, um, forcing ourselves to be a little bit more hypersensitive to, every action that happens in our online space, right? We're looking for all kinds of patterns. And and I think it leaves us as a little bit more hypersensitive because this is not something that we're used to. We're very accustomed to looking for the patterns and knowing what to look for specifically in our face-to-face rooms. But now that we're in a completely different environment, we have to look for different things. And um, it's something that I have noticed in my online classes that there are you know, something that stands out to me actually is that there are some students that are thriving in the virtual worlds that we're having a lot of difficulties in the face-to-face world. And so um, those have stood out to me big time. But I think that uh, a little bit more subtle is is those students that are were very excited in the beginning, but are now showing signs of not being as excited. And, you know, as we sort of learn about some of the data of the amount of mental health uh, issues that have risen in, um, in the world, really, uh, in, in, in response to us being isolated and at home and more lonely and not able to go out and see other people and socialize as much. And um, so it has us thinking that maybe things are tough, right? And we have to be able to deal with those. Um, also in response to what you had mentioned about what the, what the teachers need and what the students need from the teachers, it had me thinking, now we did a, we did a poll on Twitter actually just a little, uh, while before recording this episode. Uh, and, uh, and it had lots of great response and, um, there were some comments that people had left in, in the, in the comment section. And there were a couple of comments about what, you know, what the teachers need from their students, but also, you know, the students missing having that sort of relationship with their teachers as well. And, and I have a student in my class and it just left me thinking that there's a student in my class who, um, is self-proclaimed my favorite student in the class. Like she lets every, she lets everyone know that she's my favorite, uh, or that, yes, that she is my favorite student. And, um, 
And so even in the, even in the virtual world, she has, she has her camera on all the time because she wants to be, she wants to be receiving that attention from me. And I'm sure that that's what it is. But she, then she praises that you, her favorite teacher. No, no, no. She praises that I am her favorite student. Oh, to she, put, everyone. she put a lot of pressure on you then, didn't yes. she? But, but it's, it's become <laughs> it, this joke it's in, a tongue in the in entire, cheek. yeah, yeah totally tongue in cheek. It's become a, a, like everyone in the class knows that she calls herself my favorite student. It's and like, it's like, oh, put your hand down. I'm putting my hand up and Miss Wander's going to respond That's right. Oh, yeah. And then if I pick another student in the class. I, I like just, this student. I like yeah, this student a lot. She's very clever. She's very funny. Um, and, and, and it's just always a great time. And even in the virtual world, she's very funny. Like she will be the last one to leave the Zoom every day. And she will just wait, you know, with her, with her fist under her chin just waiting for everyone to leave she'll say bye to everybody you know and sort of like the uh, the person letting everyone out of the room and then she's like miss do you want me to help clean up <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> and, and I'm like no you can go now <laughs> so um it's a lot of fun so there's you know there our students are missing that that relationship with their teachers I think and and I wish that we could go back and a lot of them are now expressing to me at this point at the end of two weeks that I really want to go back to class because I miss it. As you told that story, it reminded me of one of my students. It, so I, you know, school technically ends at 3.30 and a couple of times I've still been on at 3.45, 3.50, 3.55 for the same reasons. Like the students mm-hmm. that were always the last two to leave during the real day, <laughs> the, the, for them, things have not changed. No. Do not hang around in this Google Zoom until, <laughs> like, don't, don't do it, leave. So me and uh, my other student that like to have this little... It's funny because I have these two students that won't ever really talk with each other much during the day, but they both know they're going to hang out after school yeah. and have some conversation and go off. So they hang around and wait. And then at the end of the day, they put their screens back on. They go, off to see my peeps, Mr. Janie. <laughs> and they're gone. But they wait till they're the last two in the group yep. before they do it. They love it. Um, as we were getting ready for this episode, I'm glad you touched on that that Twitter because we quickly put a poll um, because I want to say because we were entirely unprepared and we wanted information, <laughs> eh? Like we basically just outsourced all our research, which isn't true at all because as you're talking on Twitter, like it's it's lots of people have so much uh, ex- experience. They have yeah. real experiences they want to share. Anecdotes, yeah. And so we, we read a couple of blogs and we uh, did some research. And I, I want to say because the United States has been more involved in this than we have in Canada, there is a distinct difference mm-hmm. on, on, and it's almost a different path. Like we're going back to remote yeah. when a lot of states are now shifting back to the face-to-face, back to the hybrid. And I found this one article on, on edweek.org by Madeline Will, along with a couple of her posts. And she they referenced some data that in the United States, three quarters of schools that they had pulled were mandating screens on. Mm. And of those schools, 60% had punitive behaviors in place for oh. when students weren't online. Not, not, not massive, yeah. but still they had it in place what the consequences were going to ah. be. And then I even they went a little further, and I'll quote this later, the stats on the inequities, right? And we talk about the anti-racist framework, and especially Desmond Cole, the skin we're in. When we look at the data and we see disproportionate representation, mm-hmm. like that, that's why we take data, data. he that's always right. he always attests anyone that's is comfortable enough to say we don't need the data is in a position of privilege yes and i'll pull that out later but it was really interesting in the areas where they have the highest level of complacency for rules is in the schools that have the most the highest density of racialized students oh. and so at a massively disproportionate rate so that's where that's where most of the consequences 
That's right. That's where people face the most so consequences. So where the most rules are, where oh. the highest level of mandated screens on are in uh, the more densely racialized populations, which I was see. very interesting. And I brought the, all of this, bring this up, because you were talking about some of these places, and we're t- talking about our example. What's our board? Mm-hmm. What are our board saying? And our board has expectations for teachers, right. how we should sort of act, be in that professional space, make sure uh, certain spaces, so you're in, it's, it can't mandate what type of space you have. I don't have an office. I don't right. have, I, got, I don't get the room for an office, but certainly it makes in their board policy, it talks about making sure you're in a shared living space, like a kitchen or a living room. So it does have some expectations, although expectations for me are always a, a clever word because it's either a regulation Right. If the expectation, eh, I start to wonder if you're just trying to leverage words over me. Yeah. Um, but in the TDS, in our board, <laughs> it talks about those things, but it doesn't talk about the other component. I couldn't find any definitive mandated or a list of consequences, right. which makes it a little interesting because when we posted on Twitter, like I'm making this connection, is that there was a lot of great debate, real experiences, real expectations, real anecdotes of what their boards were saying, where our board, I feel, has been very... Vague. Very, very open, vague, yeah. but open in, in giving us the discretion to know right. what works and thus no information being filtered down to our admin to tell us to the expectations this because they can't say regulation, but they want to force leverage on you as I divert a little bit. Like we haven't had that type of pressure. I've had my admin on my classes and students windows have been off. And even on many occasions, my, my screen's not off, but my screen's on display mode. Right. So you're still not seeing the face to face. Right. Um, so I was just the vastness of it, that Twitter conversation some of those research some of those stats to see exactly what's going on in a lot of these american schools mm-hmm. and i don't know if that take place in other parts of the globe and then comparing it to the canadian because i think we've been given the power the trust in our abilities to set up our classroom spaces that best uh, meets the needs of our students mm-hmm. And when we can sort of find ways to check at levels of engagement. So, you know, face-to-face is important, but I think we all have so many tools in our belt that we can actively see engagement. Like, I can think trivially, you know, I have people's screens that don't talk very often, but when I say it's recess time, the screen's off instantaneously. When I say, hey, it's lunch, boom. Oh, they're paying attention. Their screen's off. And as soon as you give a hint of it's lunch or it's recess, their screen's off. And then they're back. And so all of a sudden... I'm not necessarily worried about whether they're there or not. I know there are there. I just have to build that level of comfortableness. But when, last week we talked about a Jamboard or something. When I pull a Jamboard up, I can see instantly if they're there, if they're That's engaged, right. if they're, which is also the key to having some nice warm-up activities, whether I go even Google Arts and, Car- Arts and Culture and we're all doing a, a puzzle together. I can see that we're all there, whether the conversation is there. And I would probably attest, same to yours, I probably have two or three students that will comfortably put their screen on and I have a different set of students that will very comfortably talk, but yes. never put their screen on. And then another group of students very comfortably always chat on the side. And then if I give an oral response, they'll just respond back. Thank you. Yeah. And then I have the two or three students that I never hear about. Now, don't do the math because maybe I've now accumulated 20 students. <laughs> um, and then I have a few students that I never hear from. But if I, if we, if I assign a task and I'm in their Google slide portfolio, they're working. That they're if in their it. notebook, they're, they're doing their work. Yes. So I haven't seen a level of disengagement. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. I, I, I see the look on your face and I saw the hand signal. Well, like, Come on, really? An interlude again? <laughs> I, uh, I, it was getting to that point where I was like, not only are you speeding up in the way that you were speaking, but your face is turning red. <laughs> that was rewind. <laughs> so it was actually me saying, slow down. <laughs> Pardon me. All right, well... Um, you said so many things there that I don't even know what to touch on first. I didn't know. I, I figured I'd lose my train of thought, so I just speed up. You just speed up so that it all comes all out. It all comes out. Yeah. And then people listen to it back in half speed and yes. like, I heard you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have to do that, especially on Voxer. <laughs> Put it to 0. 0.5 speed. So that I can actually understand what you said. But, but we, we just have so much to talk about and so many good anecdotes. But send it you back know, to you. We, we've hardly even gotten to some of the things that people have been talking about. Um, I did want to touch on just briefly, you know, when we put the poll out, um, immediately we started to see, you know, the first couple of votes come in and maybe the first 10, 15, 20, 25. And it was pretty even across the board of, uh, you know, it's mandated to have the cameras on or cameras are not necessary. And the third option was it's your discretion as the teacher, as the classroom teacher. And, and it was very even down the line. It was like 30, 30, 30, 33, 33, whatever. It was even all the way down. And then as time we progressed... We should have called a victory right away. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was interesting to see, right? So it's, it's not always the final data that's interesting to look at it, but it's the process of how the data comes in sometimes is very interesting to see as well. And then over time, um, it changed to your discretion became uh, the most. And so I'm not sure what it's at right now but it was it was leaning much heavier towards it's your discretion or cameras are not necessary more than cameras are mandatory so that was very interesting to see um we don't have specific wording from our district about whether students need to have their cameras on. And when my admin has jumped into my Zoom to, you know, talk to the students or just to say hi or see how things are going, um, there's never any comment about, oh, I can't, I can't see you, you know, like, how come you don't have your cameras on? There's never any, any conversation about that. So, um, there, it's very interesting to see how many people have have it left to their discretion and how many uh, districts, boards, schools are, are mandating the cameras to be on. And it was very interesting to hear about the, the consequences as well, because um, I would never think to consequence my students for not having their camera on um, in the middle school level. Um, I can see that uh, as students become more independent with their learning, there's less of a need for the camera to be on. Um, and I'm thinking about my own children who are uh, in grade four and in grade one. And uh, in my, my fourth grade student, is would my child actually, he would not um, always have his camera on. But my first grader has it on all day long and often doesn't even have his mic muted when he's talking to me or, you know, asks me for a snack. And I'm just like, is your mic muted? And he'll be like, oh, wait, let me do that. I was like, so everyone heard that conversation? And so, so it's very funny because his, his class is very forgiving in that way. But they are first graders, right? So... Um, lots of grace with the other students there as well. And the teacher is fantastic. And, and, and it is still a very vibrant learning space. And I can see that. Um, but he tends to leave his camera on all the time. And I encourage both of them to have their ca cameras on because 
I think it holds students a little bit more accountable to their learning when they know that the teacher can see them. Um, so I encourage my children, but I know that that's not always uh, the best scenario for everyone. And so when we're thinking about equity, we're thinking about that anti-racist framework. We don't want to be enforcing that kind of thing um, because it, it's not the same for everyone. Not everyone's living situation is the same. Not everyone's uh, internet access or the the internet burden. Uh, a lot of people in our poll were talking about the fact that, you know, they're, they're either in rural areas or they just don't have great service, internet service. And so um, having cameras on lags the internet. And so they're not able to really receive very much uh, the, the same quality of learning that the other students might be able to. If it's dependent on the video. Yeah, stream. exactly. If it's dependent on the video. And so um, oftentimes those, those times, uh, when students are listening, maybe it's like everybody turns their cameras off when they're, when their screen sharing is happening. Um, or, you know, if they feel like this is just the best way for me to learn because I can, every time I turn my camera on, everything starts to lag. So I know that that's a situation that, you know, Jason, Bev, Tony, they all talked about in our poll as well. Um, so there are lots of scenarios where, where cameras being on and off, um, are varied because of the environments and the circumstances that our students are in. Um, I also wanted to touch on Carrie who mentioned that, um, you know, she teaches a reading intervention program. So there are so many specialized programs that are happening virtually right now. Um, and, and, and it's very difficult to work with certain, uh, high need students that, that require that one-on-one and require, uh, being able to see their faces. Uh, I was just talking to a former colleague who, who teaches a, uh, a specialized class. And, um, in that class, those students are very high needs and they, they even have an adult sitting with them in front of the camera, um, to assist with their learning. And so it's, it's almost like they, you need to have that camera on because without it on, you, you can't actually assess anything that they are able to do for you. So, um, there, there are so many extenuating circumstances. And, and I know that I would prefer my students to have their cameras on because I, I rely on so much of that facial, you know, just looking at my students' expressions, um, seeing what they're able to do. Um, and I can always tell by the look of their face, the furrow of their brow, whether they understand something or not. And, and although the Jamboard and some of these, the chat and the reactions that are available on Zoom and on Google Meet, they help a little bit to just know that students are there and engaged. It's not the same and I miss it. And so just if I'm thinking about my own personal preference, um, selfishly a little bit, I would prefer to be able to see my students. Couple points. Maybe a few. Great points. I mean, I like the fact, I like all the stuff you brought up, but the the connection to, as much as we have a real middle school um, appreciation experience, we also have our own children that give us a little bit more um, windows into what's going on in other spaces. Mm-hmm. So certainly my youngest daughter, the camera's on. I don't think it's mandated. It's just, it's instinctive for right. her to want to make that eye contact. It's yeah. just, it's a natural instinct. Like you wouldn't even need to convince her that she right. needs to turn it on. Like It would probably even just be like, what? Why would I have my camera off? Like, That's silly. Come yeah. on, dad. What are you, loser? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> well, the middle one would. Yeah. Um, but the older two, um, well, I can never, I never know what's going on with the middle one because she's just, she's too, too mean, eh? Get away from me, dad. 
I'm teaching, I'm doing school right now. Um, <laughs> and this is why she's a great athlete. This is why she's tough to deal with. Mm. Um, but they're not in that sort of space. Like, I, I know, but I, I, my oldest daughter definitely does not put the camera on, but I see her very relaxed and driving her to, to school quite often when she was doing the hybrid. You could see the tension and anxiety for her to get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, what hoodie? This hoodie doesn't match with these. Mm. Like the, these things that you think as an adult, you're just like, oh, what are you talking about? But when you're 15, 14 and 15 years old, these are make or break for your days. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of that anxiety actually gone. Mm-hmm. And because she's not worried about that appearance, she seems to be very calm. So we spent a lot more time talking about Shakespeare. Yeah. More so than making sure she got all the right paraphernalia to feel like she fits in at school the next day. Right. And I think the same is true of the screen. I think she feels comfortable and relaxed not having to be on the screen. Um, but my, like I said, the youngest, is it's natural to be right. on the screen. and she's younger. And, and with the younger students, they want to see their teacher. They want to see their other friends that they, you know, they're used to seeing all the time. And suddenly they're not there. And so I think it is. It's, and they don't have that, that, uh, that self-esteem, uh, sort of that, uh, the self-consciousness yes. that uh, starts to happen in the middle school years, right? So it's a little bit different on that front. I found a list on one of the blogs mm-hmm. uh, that we were reading over. And it had a list of pros and, and a few of the things you were talking about that sort of was resonating with you were reflected in, in one of these lists that they created. And they talked about the sense of community, that when you had the, the face-to-face, it's a more natural sense of community mm-hmm. because you could see everyone and sort of read that expression. Yeah. Um, and then you talked about that focus. You t- I think you talked about with your own boys is that you could see them drifting on focus when they didn't have to be on camera. Mm-hmm. And then when the camera, when they needed to be on camera, you saw that change in that focus. And then one of the interesting points is the the appearance of engagement's effect on everyone else around. So if I'm on the screen and I see no one's face, I might dip in my level of engagement just by yeah. the assumption of the uh, lack of engagement from other people by looking for, and although it's an important um, uh, criteria, I don't know if criteria is the right word, but it's a very simplistic look for. My look for for engagement is whether you're on the screen or not. Of course, that's not actually. I wouldn't. It would. It's not to oversimplify what engagement is, but I can understand the and appreciate that if I go onto a screen and it's just a series of icons, maybe it just takes a little bit of my own juice out. And so the appearance of engagement is important for the collective. When I see everyone there and I see everyone engaged, it just naturally makes me more inclined to be engaged. But when I see a blank wall, as much as I can see how a student's interacting in their notebook, I can see their participation in a Jamboard or when I break out into, actually, I do have multiple groups for multiple activities where I break them down into smaller groups. I realize I see that. So I'm comfortable with their level of engagement, but perhaps they don't see it because they don't get to go into other people's portfolios. They don't go into other people's notebooks. When it's notebook time, it's just blank. So when they come back to the class space, they maybe they do want to see it. There is an impact. So I thought that was, that was really great. And I think we've really touched about the, the cons really effectively. And I could even share something, you know, as a, as a male teacher of a middle school age, I don't actually feel very comfortable trying to tell female students, you got to turn your camera on. Like, right. I don't know if that's a crazy thought, but I, 
as a male teacher, I've always, always been very mindful of, of that type of thing. When I think about my own children, my two oldest, I give them a vast amount of privacy because they're at that age. They're right. they're 12 and they're 15. They, they, you know what? I if You go. That's right. That's all right. That's right. <laughs> and so I feel a little bit of that, that they, the pressure is like, who I, I know I'm the teacher, but I don't want to start telling a 13 and 14 year old girl, you got to get your camera on. I'm not, I'm not comfortable in that. And I'm yeah. not very comfortable with that. And so I don't want to make that part of the class um, dynamic. But no one has put any pressure on me that I have to make that part of the dynamic. But it's something I've thought about. Because as much as the screens aren't on a lot, I still would like the screens like you. I'd like the screens on. I'd like to see some some facial expressions, some mm-hmm. smiles, some laughs, not just a LOL in a chat. Yeah. Sometimes I want to hear a laugh out loud. You know, there was a funny, there was a funny situation. This uh, Sometimes my students will have their cameras on and they'll forget that the camera is on. Um, and, you know, you want to be just, you don't want to draw attention to that fact, right? And unless there's, you know, something happening where it's like, no, really, your camera should be off. Um, I don't ever say anything. But there was, uh, I was outlining a lesson that was going to be happening and I could see that one of my students was just looking just a little bit off to the right. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of coming to the end of explaining what we're going to be doing on our activity. And this, there was a smile. It was like a smirk on his face. And he's just looking like right off to the side of the, ca- of the screen. And I'm like, well, I know that my, my lesson is super exciting and everything, but, but is it worth that smile? Like I'm wondering. And immediately the smile faded and the camera went off. And it was, <laughs> it was like, it was just like in class though, right? It yeah. was like, uh, oh, I caught you not paying attention. But it was, it was a funny moment. It wasn't like, uh, he wasn't embarrassed or anything, but it was, it was something that just totally would have happened in class. I was like, are you daydreaming? I was just calling that out with some of my students, but you know, and they don't mind that, right? Like it's, that's, that's something that we've developed as a class. Like we've had the privilege of four months together Mm -hmm. face to face. And so we've built these one-on-one relationships. We built that community with each other and we feel comfortable. Like I know how to joke with so many of my students, but I, I wonder how that is in classes that have started virtually and they're still going virtually. Are you able to develop that kind of rapport with your students um, to really understand what their personalities are like when you haven't been in the same physical space as them? Uh, So, you know, I sometimes wonder about that. And I know that, uh, you know, we have the benefit of being able to be in that space. And and I have a co-teacher and my co-teacher and I would often in the first 10 minutes of our class, my our students would just be kind of warming up to being in class, working on a small activity, doing something, you know, listening to the music that's playing. Um, and she and I would just kind of run over in the first 10 minutes of the day, you know, what, what we had planned for, you know, what are you thinking about this activity? Or, you know, we were going to do this, but what do you think about that? So, and then sometimes in that conversation, we, we are just having like a personal conversation. We're just talking about something that happened the day before, something to do with our kids. And, and the funny thing is that this is sort of continued in our virtual classroom. So the first 10 minutes of the day, they're just listening to music and, and she and I are just talking and and our students are are always able to listen to our conversations even in our face-to-face rooms and uh afterwards they'll just be like so nothing's changed with you two you're you're still just acting the same it's like yeah that's what you do when you're friends with each other you know nothing changes and they're just like oh okay 
We like that. So there's some things that we were able to carry on in our virtual spaces that that has sort of kept us uh, the the community that we always have been and and that's um that's kind of held us together in in that emotional sense but um so many things have changed and so that screens off screens off didn't uh you know debate I don't really know if I've- I don't know if there has to be the the right answer for me no, is not necessarily the right answer for you. Mm-hmm. And as we're talking, I'm just thinking I would hate to be that the talking points in your school and in your district have to be whether the right. screen needs to be on or off because I don't know if that is the the indicator of success or engagement of quality learning. It might be, but you know who I want to ask? The teacher yeah. I want to ask the teacher in your room, what's working best for you? What are the greatest successes? Mm-hmm. Uh, do, is, is this being appreciated? Are you are you inspiring students to have their screens on? If the conversation is about mandation, mandating, I would hate to be the teacher in that space where that's that's the conversation. Mm-hmm. And and thankfully, we haven't been in that position, nor have we been pressured to, to act any other way. There's been a certain amount of trust that the activities we're doing, and when we see student engagement, and we see student productivity, and we see them creating some wonderful work, maybe I'm not going to worry about whether their screens are on or not. And if they're on and it's working, great. And if maybe you're doing grade three gym and you want to see them, fantastic. Maybe you're doing grade eight English and they're working their notebook, you don't need to see them, that's great. But let's, let's the greatest PD... Tony said this great PD is actually from my kids. So if they're learning and they're engaging, then let's take the lead from them. And if they got their screens on, let's go. And if I can encourage them through an activity to maybe get a little bit more screen action without having to be punitive with it. Right. Then let's, then let's go for it. Let's go for that. And, and that continues to be my challenge as I, you know, uh, explore this virtual world is what kinds of things will bring them out of their shell? What kinds of things are going to allow them to sort of come out and uh, show themselves, show their faces, be comfortable enough to be in the space with their cameras on uh and so that's that's where we go with this uh just allow them the opportunity to come to that place when they get to it when they're ready for it we ready for a little swag bag i think so you know i don't have a list so so we're gonna wing it guys we're gonna have to wing this swag bag but i I think it's safe to say that our number one swag bag is be comfortable in the space you're in. Mm-hmm. Trust your judgment, trust your instinct. You know your students. Yes. And you know what's working and you know what's not working. Do we want more face-to-face? Do we want to see students more? I assume we all want to see them more, but we don't want to put them in a position where it's a nag, where it's a battle, where it's punitive. And as we're in our own journey, it's about discovering new ways to make our students more excited to turn on their screens. So they're not just turning on their screens to show off that they're here first. Yeah, exactly. Or to show off that with the backgrounds, they can make their hand disappear by right. going in and out. <laughs> so we know they have fun in those spaces. For us, our swag bag is what's the challenge? What's the activity to get them to be more engaged? But let's not make this mandated. And although it's not really a swag bag activity, we really feel for teachers and administrators and districts where the pressure is being laid down yeah. elsewhere. Uh, I think our number, another swag bag is just appreciating the, the anti-racist lens, although incorrectly say lens because you don't choose when and when not to see anti-racism. That work is all the time. Yes. Um, and there is disproportionate and you need to be mindful and you don't want to put people in positions where they're not comfortable that maybe reveal uh, a way of life that they're not totally comfortable. They, There is 
all kinds of issues that can be revealed and people need their privacy, uh, even beyond the anti-racist uh, framework to make sure that they can be comfortable how they are. Yes. With no pressure. I don't know if I articulated that as well as I meant to, but hopefully the gist has come across. Yes, I think it did. Uh, I think that's it for me for Swag Bag. Should we talk about a few of the other things we're involved in? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we are on the Teach Better Podcast Network. Us, along with a handful of really great podcasts, too. <laughs> yeah, make sure you please check them out. We are also... Uh, we are also members of the Codebreaker Ambassador Team, and so you can check out Codebreaker, a great place for you to be able to tell your story. So check them out, codebreakeredu.com. And of course, we're with School Rubric, where we are on our Office Hour show this Tuesday. And of course, if you're not listening to us before Tuesday, we were on last Tuesday, you missed it. <laughs> but we're on Office Hours every Tuesday on the live stream with School Rubric. And we are not only hosts of the Staff Room Podcast, but we are also hosts of The Drive on Voice Ed Radio every Sunday evening from 8.30 p.m. to 10 p.m., where we play some amazing music as well as have some great educator talk. So tune in on Sunday evenings to The Drive on Voice Ed Radio. And you've been listening to the Staff Room Podcast with Che and Pav. I was about to say on Voice Head Radio, but it's not. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for listening to episode 69. Screen on. Screen off.